0: Welcome to Season 5, Episode 14 of the Zebra Before and After Podcast. I'm your host, Lane Ball.
1: Since we got married 10 years ago, we had a pine um, dining table, and just the quality for me was not worth putting in the time of refinishing it, and once I found this teak vintage table, in my opinion, I thought it was a little more worth my effort to put Time into something that has a much higher quality. Wood.
0: Today we hear from our April Zebra Review winners, category focus of dining tables. Our featured judge, Katie Scott, with Salvaged by k scott will be interviewing our winners, Christina with Field and Vineyard, Sierra with Restore, Reimagined, and Sherry with Brass Walnut. We'll end our interviews with a panel discussion on the topic: Challenges and Rewards of Refinishing Dining Tables. Amanda with Easy on the Eyes will share a refinishing tip on the importance of priming when refinishing furniture. Our question of the week, what did you do before you began refinishing furniture, will be answered by our friends Kayla with Colibri Design and Ashley with our Happy Flippin' Life. Stay with us friends, we have the inspiration, fun, and community that will platform your day. it's time for another show featuring our zebra review winners and this time it's our april winners yes we are a bit behind as it's already summer (laughs) the category for april was dining tables our zebra review featured judge for april was katie scott was salvaged by k scott we are excited to have her with us to interview the winners how are you katie
2: i'm doing great lane how are
0: you i'm doing well listen katie you are doing incredible I mean, your YouTube channel has 261,000 subscribers and your individual videos are doing great. In fact, you know, I was snooping around four months ago. You showcased refinishing a French provincial dining room table, and it so far has received 480,000 views. That is like tremendous.
2: That's like incredible.
0: Do you keep up with this stuff? (laughs)
2: I do. It's, it's my whole business revolves around those views over on YouTube. So um, it's really exciting when a a video really hits with the audience like that. And lots of people are looking for information on on those bigger projects. And I've avoided them for a long time, because it is a lot of work. (laughs) work And it's, it's always a daunting task to undertake. So Um, It's really exciting that I finally pushed myself to to get a few table makeovers on on the channel and they're being received really well.
0: Yes. And your Instagram is doing just as well as you are at two hundred and seventy seven thousand followers. I mean, that's like incredible. I mean, you're just like doing great across the board. I think it's kind of cool because uh, we've known you for a long time and it's kind of neat to know somebody before they really kicked it in big. And so not that not that I had anything to do with it. I didn't have a thing to do with it, <laughs> but it certainly is fun to see a friend really succeed and do so well because you deserve it. You've just really polished your videos. I think your presentations and how you present things, you just make it look a lot of fun. You provide so much information. You really educate the viewer. And it, to me, it looks like you're having a good time and I hope you are.
2: I am having a good time. Thank you so much for all of that, Lane. That, uh, that's really touching. And Zebra has been a part of my refinishing journey since the very beginning. I think probably two or three months in, I heard this mm-hmm. crazy name of Zebra paintbrushes <laughs> and went, what the heck is that? Um, and got my hands on some and, Not only do you guys have amazing products, um, that help out with the process so much, but just the entire zebra company and and the people behind it have always been such great cheerleaders that, uh, it's, it's hard to fail when you've got such great people around you.
0: Well, I appreciate you saying that. Well, Katie, I have to ask you this based on all the success. I mean, what does it feel like to see your dreams really come alive? (laughs)
2: it's uh it's a little it's a little daunting just like refinishing dining tables um (laughs) but it's fun you know I I really love what I do and I sort of fell into refinishing accidentally I never intended it for for it to be a, a business and then it evolved into more of the social media side of things and I never intended for that to happen either so I'm kind of just along for the ride, um, taking things as they come and really just trying to enjoy the experiences and embrace everything that comes with it.
0: Yeah, well, that's good to hear because I think that's the most important thing. I mean, it's great to have a job that you love. Uh, You just want to keep it that way, right? That you just continue (laughs) to really enjoy. And that is so important in social media because I think people can tell when you really enjoy what you do, and that uh, bleeds through to the viewer or the listener, whatever the case may be. It's funny because you said that company Zebra, I bet you were like at first, is it Zybra? Is it Zebra? How do you say yep. that crazy I, I spelled think it, name. I think it was
2: Zebra <laughs> in my mind for a long time. It was those Zebra brushes.
0: <laughs> That's right. Uh, we're, we're good with that as well. Well, definitely, definitely accolades to you, Katie. It's exciting to see you do so well. Well, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and announce the winners. Um, These have been announced previously, but here on the show, we'll announce them so everybody understands who is uh, first, second, third. So first place went to Christina with Field and Vineyard. Second place went to Sierra with Restore Reimagined. And third place went to Sherry with Brass Walnut. Congratulations to all three of you and phenomenal job.
3: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: Well, for those of us in the South, I believe we finally made it to some of the warmer weather that we are known for. Uh, So what about the rest of you all? We're covering Canada, Texas, Pennsylvania, and Missouri today. Let's start with Katie. Katie, you guys getting warm weather up there now?
2: Uh, No. (laughs) No, we are not. (laughs) It is cool um, and breezy and overcast here on the East Coast of Canada Um, I think today's high, I think we might've reached about 15 degrees Celsius. So I'm not sure what, what that translate translates to exactly in Fahrenheit, but it's not warm.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think that's, I think that's, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's in the sixties somewhere. So that's, that is kind of chilly now you have a good uh you've really got a good start to your vegetable garden i've seen is, oh my uh, gosh. is that, uh, all doing okay
2: <laughs> it's trying everything is is trying but i think we really need to start getting those uh those hot days and have the sun beat down yeah. on things um it's it's a lot of the things that i've got planted out there have sort of stalled so
0: <laughs> I know.
2: hopefully summer comes soon <laughs>
0: Yeah, they're they're saying, "Where's my sweater? I gotta have something yeah. to warm me up here. I can't, yeah. I can't uh, do my thing right now." Well, yeah, it'll warm up soon, but uh, it's fun to keep in track of your uh, vegetable garden you got going there. It's going to be nice this summer. Yeah, Christina, Texas.
1: Yes, it is warm. <laughs> it's definitely. Yeah, happy. tell
0: us about Texas. <laughs>
1: uh, it has been around 105 degrees, but the heat index is normally like oh. 10 degrees on top of that. And it's just, you go outside and you hit a wall of heat.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Uh, Is this doable for you? Because you did come from a different climate. Uh, You said earlier from Virginia. So, wow, that's a big switch. Yeah,
1: I grew up in Florida, which is supposed to be similar. A lot of people say, but it's definitely more here. Um, So I've been trying to do as much indoors as possible. (laughs)
0: Yeah, well, you may have to just get used to that because I'm sure Texas throughout summer probably for the most part is pretty warm. uh, So, But uh, hopefully there's a lot of advantages to being in that uh, kind of climate. You just have to adjust to it, I suppose.
4: Exactly.
0: All right, Sierra, you're in a cooler climate up in Pennsylvania. How is it there?
3: Oh, well, I think Pennsylvania is kind of like a roller coaster right now. Um, It's been going from pretty hot to almost 90 back down to 60s and like today it's so humid i kind of feel like i live in florida which is just crazy since i'm the whole way up here so but that's just pennsylvania weather sometimes and anyone who lives there probably can vouch for me on that one
0: Yeah, yeah, Pennsylvania. But the thing about it is, is it gets so bitter cold, doesn't it, in the wintertime? It's a pretty chilly place to live.
3: Yeah, it gets so cold. And for me, I'm not a cold person, so I wait for this weather. But it's just been so back and forth, it's kind of hard to get used to it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's hard to to kind of get into the, the click of warm weather when it springboards back and forth like that. Sherry, what about you? You're in Missouri. Am I correct in that?
5: Yes, I am in southern Missouri, and I really can't complain. It's, you know, mid 80s right now, and it's not too bad. It gets pretty humid, but um, we are near some nice big lakes. So there's a lot of areas to cool off at. And it's just really not too bad. We have cold winters and hot summers too, but right now it's pretty good.
0: Well, I think for today you get the weather award because it seems (laughs) like you got the best right now. Uh, Even here in North Carolina, it's like probably 71, 72 degrees. uh, And it's, raining. It's been raining for two days, which, you know, I don't mind the rain, certainly need the rain, but it almost feels like tropical rains. You know, it just kind of comes in bands and it's uh, quite a lot. In fact, they've had flood warnings in a few places. So you definitely enjoy that 80 degree weather uh, for all of us. (laughs) Well, we are eager to discuss your pieces, but before we do that, I just want to remind our listeners of how the show will unfold. Katie will ask you questions about your pieces. The other show guests as well are welcome to ask each other questions. As always, I will lob in one of my fun out of nowhere questions for each winner. Basically, these are questions that have nothing to do with refinishing. By the way, each guest will receive a different question. So that means you can't think about what your answer will be ahead of time. That's part of the fun. (laughs) So you can't get ahead of the game. Also, after we discuss your pieces, we'll have a quick break and then we'll come back on to have a short panel discussion among all four of you on the topic of the challenge and rewards of refinishing dining tables. So for now, let's discuss your beautiful pieces. Christina, you won first place with your MCM dining table. Katie, I'm going to turn it over to you to ask a few questions of Christina.
2: All right. Well, first of all, congratulations. That's a big deal to win first place. Thank you. So I wanted to know was this, because you did the table and the chairs, was it all an original set that you found together?
1: It was. I was, my husband and I went to pick up a dresser actually from someone's house and it was upstairs. So we were bringing it downstairs and we look in her dining room and she has this beautiful, Peak MCM (laughs) dining set, which we had been looking for for probably over a year, and we wanted the stored leaf, and we just kind of looked at each other, and we're like, "Oh, that's a nice table," and she's like, "Yeah, I'm just trying to sell everything," and I was like, "You selling that?" (laughs) So we ended up. I didn't want to. I explained the quality and the price and everything to her. So we offered her a good amount for it, but it definitely was in pretty rough shape.
2: I love it when pieces present themselves to you like that. That's amazing. So did you have to completely strip it down to refinish it?
1: Um, I did not have to with the chairs. I did for the tabletop and the table legs. um, The leaf, the two leaves were in really good shape. So I didn't, really have to do that. I just sanded those lightly, but I had to go ahead and sand down the top and I wanted to be like really careful with it just because I didn't want to like take too much of it off, um, Mm -hmm. up in the legs. So I just sanded really carefully, um, with that because the top had like some watermarks on it and just fading from the age. Um, the body of the chairs were in pretty good shape. So I just had to sand a few areas and restore like some smaller spaces on there. But thankfully the chairs were okay, except for the cushions.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's lucky. That would have been a big job to, uh, to get down to the wood on all of the chairs. What did you use to finish it with?
1: I used um, an oil. Um, It was the Odie's oil and, I was able to just, after I sanded everything and cleaned off all the sanding dust, I was able to apply that and then you just buff it off and then it's really durable It makes it waterproof and everything. So it's really good for the tabletop and it's held up through kids and using it for the last several months and even through a move from Virginia to Texas. So it's holding up (laughs) so far.
2: (laughs) That's great. I haven't had a chance to try Odie's oil yet, but it's on my on my must try list. So I'm going to have to see if I could find a retailer near me.
1: Yeah, I like it whenever I'm wanting like the natural wood on something like the teak or like a walnut. It works really well and it turns out really, really pretty.
2: Yeah, it looks great. It looks like it's got a nice soft sheen. So my last question, and I think I've already got the answer, but this was a a keeper for your own home, correct?
1: Oh, yes. Yep. We had been, it was on our list to find, but we've looked all across the country at different retailers for MCM, but just hadn't found the perfect piece. And it just happened to be during a dresser pickup, which was amazing.
2: (laughs) It was waiting
0: for you. Exactly. Christina, I have a question about uh, the upholstery. Was it difficult?
1: Um, These were not too bad, just because the whole seat was able to detach. So after I took off, all the old foam was just falling apart. And I think they must have had cats because it was just destroyed. Um, So I just was able to take all the old um, material and the foam off and sanded and then cut new foam and just used staples for underneath. So there wasn't any detailed upholstery Mm -hmm. work, um, which I've only done a few times in the past. It's not my favorite thing in the world. I try to avoid it. Um, So it it really was not too difficult.
0: So uh, this would actually be a good project for somebody maybe starting out in upholstery would be to take like a dining room table where you have a seat only where you could detach as you explained and uh, go at it that way. That sounds good.
1: Yeah, it's really beginner-friendly, which is nice.
0: Okay, Christina, here is my fun out of nowhere question for you. Are you ready? Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. Okay, here we go. If you could time travel, which era would you visit? A, ancient Egypt, B, the Renaissance period, C, the roaring 20s, or D, the future, 100 years from now?
1: Oh, probably the roaring 20s.
0: Really? So it wasn't too difficult of a uh, question to have to answer. Why the Roaring Twenties? You're just fascinated with that era.
1: Yes, I love old movies and old Hollywood. So that's one of my favorite types of movies. My mom and sister and I used to grow up watching them. So that's one of my favorite time periods.
0: Cool. Well, very sweet. Well, that makes sense because you're into furniture finishing, and so that is vintage <laughs> stuff. So that just yeah. you're consistent, right? <laughs> Good deal. Uh- <laughs> all right. Christina can be reached on Instagram at Field and Vineyard. Congratulations, Christina.
1: Thank you so much.
0: All right. Next up is Sierra with Restore Reimagined. Sierra won second place with her farmhouse dining table. Katie, it's all yours.
2: So your winning table, Sierra, was more kind of a traditional harvest table style. And it's got those clean, simple lines that I think make it really versatile design-wise. So just like with Christina, I'm always curious to find out how you found the piece or how the piece found you.
3: Oh, it's actually pretty ironic, but it actually was in a storage unit. Um, My parents are very supportive of my business and my dad likes to do the storage units. So when he happens to get those, he lets me pick furniture just so that he can be a part of my business, which is awesome. But I was in there with my husband and we were looking around and usually I overlook tables just because they're not my favorite thing to do. But then once I pulled it out and looked at it, I just saw its potential and it came home with me. That's so
2: fun. I I always love hearing those stories because it's never the same one (laughs) twice. (laughs) So I was reading your your original Instagram post on this and you had mentioned there that you had a hard time getting the final stain color and that that was a bit of an ordeal. So could you tell us about that process and how it all came together?
3: Oh, yes. Once I sanded it completely down, now I didn't strip it. I just used my surf prep sander to do it. But I spent hours and hours getting it down to raw wood and then I planned on tan washing it. So I mixed my tan wash and I did it and it didn't turn out great at all, to be honest. Um, So I wanted to darken it a little bit. So I went in with an early American stain. And even then I was like, it needed just that one little pop. So I finished it in dark walnut, hoping that this would be the, Best of it because this is the third time now trying to get it to work. <laughs> um, but I put the dark walnut on and it dried perfectly. It was better than I could have even pictured. So even though it wasn't what I originally wanted, it actually turned out better than I had hoped.
2: Yeah, it's the f- the final result that you ended up with is just stunning. So I know I know all about how hard it is when you're staining something because you're never quite sure what it's going to look like, but, uh, it worked out. You did a good job on that one. Thank you. Um, and then my last question for you was the, the chairs that you paired with it in the, in the photos and the reels, were those something that you already had on hand or those another refinishing project?
3: Um, those chairs I actually did buy off of Facebook marketplace and refinished them for my last table. Um, but that nice one actually worked out. I brought it in and I said, I'm going to stage it with these chairs. Cause I thought black would be perfect. Well, then once I put it in my dining room, it hasn't left. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't. To today, so it just kind of found me and it's worked out beautifully.
0: Sierra, um, you said you were having trouble getting the, the, the uh, the tone that you wanted the wood. What was the original tone after you sanded it down? Was it uh, was it really white, yellow, orange? What what did it look like before you did all this? Because because really the finish is extraordinarily beautiful. It's very nice.
3: It was honestly I can't even explain it because I've never seen this kind of finish because I don't even know what wood it was. It was a mix of different woods mm. since it was an older hand built farmhouse table but it had tones of like orange and more of like a yellow and then like some random streaks of almost cherry it was really odd but i loved it
0: wow you did a good job at uh, getting it consistent uh consistent look across the board so it was kind of a smorgasbord of of different tones it sounds like
3: Oh, yeah, it was something else, but I love it because it's so different, and that's the nice thing with refinishing tables and any
1: piece, really. They're all so different.
0: Yeah, very nice. Okay, again, a quick pause. Any questions for Sierra?
1: Um, I was going to ask, what type of top coat did you use for your table? I used the um,
3: Varathane water-based polyurethane on it
1: all right because sometimes the top coats will change the tone slightly so i liked that yours is still that light tone to it
3: yeah that's why i was stuck i was like i think i'm gonna do a water just because i know an oil really darken it and i didn't want to do that so i kind of just took a risk but it's holding up really good considering so i'm pretty happy with it especially with having a toddler around so i'm sure that goes
0: (laughs) All right, Sierra, are you ready for my fun out of nowhere question for you? Yes and no. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, here's my question. Which adrenaline pumping sport would you love to try? A, base jumping off of a skyscraper, B, snowboarding down a steep mountain slope, C, paragliding over picturesque landscapes, or D, motocross racing on a challenging dirt track?
3: I'm going to have to go with the skydiving, actually.
0: (laughs) So you would, you talking about the jump, you would jump off of a a, uh, skyscraper?
3: Yeah, I'd do it if I had the safety net of doing it.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. So you're a daredevil there, Sierra. That's interesting.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I don't mind
2: heights.
0: Okay. Well, that, uh, that makes sense that, uh. That's something that I would have to pass on. Does anybody, would anybody else here do the uh, base jumping off of a skyscraper? I
1: don't think so. (laughs) That's a hard no for me.
0: I think you're going to have to go at that alone, uh, Sierra. It's just going to be you. We'll all watch, right? <laughs> oh, man.
3: As long as someone <laughs> records me, that's all I ask. <laughs> that's
0: right. I think I think you got to uh, listen. I know Katie can do that. She can do a very good job. that, <laughs> Right, Katie?
2: <laughs> all right. I'm on camera.
0: <laughs> all right. That was fun. All right. Sierra can be reached on Instagram at Restore Reimagined. Congratulations, Sierra.
2: Thank you so
3: much.
0: All right, our third place winner is Sherry with Brass Walnut. Sherry, you finished an old office meeting room table into a dining table. Katie, I'll turn it back over to you.
2: Hi, Sherry. Hello. So your winning table was the round one out of the bunch. And it's this cute little beige bistro table that's got a mix of a solid paint base and then the pretty wood grain top. So again, I would love to know how you found it.
5: Yes. Well, it was a marketplace find, but I had been looking for probably almost two years because in my home, I have kind of a modern aesthetic and I really loved all these round tables I was seeing with like fluted bases. But of course I don't buy new furniture, Mm -hmm. you know, so (laughs) I had been looking for one and one came up. Um, They're usually these office tables that are laminate and I know, you know, I've painted over a laminate before, but I didn't want that for a dining table. I just didn't think that would hold up. So this one popped up and it was wood. And so I rushed to get it that day and um, it was lovely. It, it, it came apart in two pieces, which was amazing because dining table size can be intimidating to like mm-hmm. haul and to work on.
2: And um, so that all worked out. Awesome. That was a good marketplace score. Um, So you, I'm assuming, had to strip off the top with that wood grain that was going in a hundred different directions. Can you tell us about that process?
5: Yes. The top was a veneer because it had that neat kind of inlay pattern. So I wanted to... Yeah, it's really pretty. Yeah. Thank you. I wanted to make sure I did not, you know, sand through that. So I did use a stripper on it first and then I very carefully sanded it with, um, you know, finer grits to make sure I didn't burn through it. Um, and it worked out.
2: And what kind of, um, stain or, or wash did you use on the top? Cause it's a really pretty soft effect.
5: Yeah. So I have two teenagers at home and a boyfriend with younger children. And so I was really concerned about, um, durability and, I had just had bad luck. I had done a dining table a few years ago with just a water-based coat, and it wasn't holding up very well. So on this one, um, I did a really light tan wash just to even it out slightly, but I didn't want to cover up the wood grain, so it was very watered down. And then on the um, final top coat, I've had such great luck with um, Wise Owl One Hour Enamels. It was the first piece I'd used just a clear coat over wood, of that product. And it did darken it more than like just a plain water-based poly. So I wasn't quite expecting that, but then I loved it. You know, it just gave it a little more depth to the wood tone and it has held up amazing. I mean, it's been a few months now, we've had water all over it, you know,
2: scrubbed it many times and it's doing great. That's awesome. And did you use the Wise Owl One Hour Enamel for the, the base as well? I did, yes. That was in the color fauna. Okay. And then clear on top. Perfect. It's, it's stunning. So my last question would be um, chairs for this table. What are you using with this thing? Because it's such a, a versatile piece. I feel like you could use a lot of different styles with it.
5: Yeah. I had those metal um, stacking French style chairs. And I'd had those for a few years and mm-hmm. was kind of tired of them. So I reached out to probably... 20 brands of um, furniture manufacturers trying to get some free chairs and finally one accepted my offer (laughs) so in later pictures smart lady (laughs) in later pictures I have it staged with um, some new chairs that I received that are black metal with a cane back and a cushion um, seat
2: nice good for you
5: I, that is one thing that intimidates me more than anything is I really don't want to redo a full set of like six or eight dining room chairs. That sounds so tedious.
2: I understand that very well. It's a chair. Chairs are so hard. It takes so much time to get into all the details.
0: Here's my fun out of nowhere question for you, Sherry. I hope like the rest, you are excited and ready. Is that true? <laughs> sure. Throw it at me. All right. Uh, if you could embark on an extreme adventure, which would you choose? A. Rock climbing a sheer cliff face. B. Whitewater rafting through wild rapids. C. Paragliding across the stunning canyons. Or D. Zip lining through a dense rainforest.
5: I have actually done the whitewater rafting through a pretty, pretty um extreme river. I felt like um. I would probably go back with that one because I do have a little fear of heights. And so the other three all pertain. to <laughs> Isn't heights. that funny how all <laughs> these
0: extreme adventures involve heights? <laughs> uh, right. that's good. Well, I'm glad the bee was in there because whitewater rafting is no small task. I mean, that's a that's a pretty big adventure as well. So did you enjoy that? was a lot of fun.
5: It was a lot of fun. We did it on a family reunion years ago, but I did have um, my niece at the time was like 10 and fell out and had to be saved by um, some emergency crew. And she turned out completely fine. But that was terrifying.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. That's, you know, that's what I was going to ask you because, you know, you see, I've never been, but you see these pictures and you see videos of people whitewater rafting and inevitably it's not uncommon to see somebody, you know, fall out. And uh, I, that's got to be especially scary that when you've got a younger one that that, uh, that happens to. Uh, so I'm glad everybody was okay. And all in all, you had a good time. So that's good. And, you know, we aren't these great, though? I mean, don't you learn a lot about each other through these questions, even though they're a little bit bizarre at times? But uh, <laughs> I think, uh, Christina, we didn't throw the adventurous one at you. Uh, we'll have to grab you on that the next time. <laughs> A good deal. Well, Sherry can be reached on Instagram at Brass Walnut. Congratulations, Sherry. Thank you. We're going to take a quick break now to hear from our sponsor.
6: My name is Kim O'Donohue with Needle & Brush Decor, and this podcast is sponsored by my friends at Zebra. Here's what I love about Zebra brushes. Zebra brushes, first of all, are affordable and easily obtained through their website or big box stores. I love the brushes for their durability and versatility their bristles are soft and glide over my pieces easily no matter what kind of paint i'm using my very favorite is the palm pro that i'm currently using to paint a kitchen cart i love its comfort and ease of getting into tight spots another favorite is their round brush which gets paint in or out of raised detailed areas and it's awesome for spindles I've often highlighted the three inch top coat brush in my stories. That brush literally saved my sanity while working on an heirloom dining room table last fall. It's definitely my go-to brush when using top coats, which are not always easy to apply. Recently, I purchased a chisel wedge to use strictly for applying hemp oil. It works splendidly. And zebra brushes don't disappoint when it comes to keeping them clean. They wash and clean easily and continue to work like a new brush. I love my collection of zebra brushes, and I'm pleased to tell you how much I enjoy them. Have a great day, and thank you, zebra.
0: Thank you, Kimberly, for your kind words about our brushes. It is a great encouragement. Refinishing is rewarding, but not without a lot of hard work. I'm sure most think through the potential difficulties that they will encounter when considering different styles of furniture to make over. It seems that there is a level of hesitation when it comes to refinishing dining tables. We want to find out if that is true for most refinishers, and if so, why? In our panel discussion today, the topic is the challenges and rewards of refinishing dining tables. No better group of refinishers to take this on than with our featured judge, Katie Scott, and the three April winners. So let's start first by addressing that question. Is there hesitation in refinishing dining tables in general? What do you guys think?
2: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of us refinishers steer clear of dining sets, Um, one, because they're they're so big. Um, They just take up a lot of space in the workshop. And they're also very time consuming. Um, There's a lot that goes into refinishing a dining surface. I think they're probably the most trafficked space in, in our homes. So you really have to take a lot of time and care to make sure that it's going to be a long lasting finish. Um, and on something that big, it, it can be really hard and daunting.
1: Yes, I agree. And I also think the quality of the piece also comes into play because I know I had, since we got married 10 years ago, we had a pine, um, dining table and, Just the quality for me was not worth putting in the time of refinishing it. And once I found this teak vintage table, in my opinion, I thought it was a little more worth my effort to put time into something that has a much higher quality wood. Um, Like you were saying before about a laminate table, you don't want to put a whole lot of effort into that. But finding one that you're passionate about helps a lot and pushes you through getting past all the difficulties of refinishing a dining table.
3: Yes, I have to completely agree with Christina because with the table, I just did um, the farmhouse one. Normally, I steer clear of dining tables as well, chairs, all of the all of that is not my thing. but this one I saw and just saw the potential because of it being old and solid wood. I put a bunch of time into it because we all know all tables take so much time. And with doing that, it paid off. So it's very scary to start. It's scary during, especially when you kind of have to pivot, like with what I had to do. But in the end, it usually turns out really good. So if anybody is worried Mm -hmm. that it's not going to turn out good or if they're scared, you're never going to know until you try.
5: And for me, I feel like I felt a lot more confident going in with a smaller table. So, you know, size does matter, especially for me, just the hauling and the size of my workspace. I think that if you, you know, don't want to feel overwhelmed, start with a smaller one. Um, And I think if my heart's in it, like if it's something I'm excited to do, like this round one I was very excited about, then, you know, the work doesn't Mm. matter um but it's not really a project i want to offer customs on
2: yeah it's funny i was i was going to mention that uh, all three of the winning tables are all pieces that you refinished <laughs> yep. for your own homes so you know you have you all had that personal connection and you're willing to put in the the extra effort because it's something that you know that you mm-hmm. are going to keep and you're going to love so
0: yeah, and Katie, for you, even though uh, you didn't keep it for yourself, or I think on your video you were talking about that, because you give all of your pieces on your video away, and I think you said you were going to give it to a, maybe a family that you needed a dining table. So um, that wasn't even a, a sell piece, right? So you gave it away, and the rest you kept it for your home.
2: Yeah, yep.
0: Any, any. Uh, let me ask you guys this question. This is for all four of you. So the dining tables that you uh, – Katie, that you finished, uh, refinished on your YouTube channel, and then the rest of you that you won, were these the first dining tables you'd ever done, or had you done them before?
1: This was my first one. Um, this one was not my first.
0: Okay. Okay, so Sierra, was this like maybe your second, third was dining table? probably
3: about my tenth. Oh, wow. I used used to do dining tables, and I think that's kind of why I don't offer them for customization, like (laughs) Katie said.
5: Uh, They're just a lot more.
0: (laughs) And what about you, Sherry?
5: Yeah, this was my fourth. I was counting in my head. But on the other three, I've only refinished the tops. Uh That was all that needed redoing. Um, So that's not too overwhelming.
0: Yeah, and Katie... Uh, you've done some before the French Provincial?
2: Um, I'm only having one come to mind. I, I found one for free on Facebook Marketplace a few years ago that I refinished on the channel um, that we kept for a little while until we moved out of our home. So it's definitely the first one in a very long time.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I guess this is maybe, I know all of you could answer this next question, but uh, I know uh, with Sierra, since you having done 10 and, and Sherry, you've done more than one, uh, does, is there sufficient profit? Did you find sufficient, let me say that again, is there sufficient profit in refinishing dining tables or did you find that to be the case?
3: Um, for me personally and honestly, no, um, I feel that a lot of people don't want to pay because a lot of people don't understand the time that goes into these. So for me, it just wasn't profitable enough to keep doing it. Plus, if you don't 100% enjoy doing it, you know, it's just not really worth it in
5: that aspect, I guess you could say.
0: Mm, Yeah. Uh, What about the rest of you? Do you agree with that?
5: I would agree. I feel like it would be hard to just resell it on Marketplace or something like that and get a good profit for your time.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I agree as well. I've had a lot of people ask and request the dining table, but I just, time is such an important aspect when you're considering a piece, and they do take up a lot of time.
0: Is, and I guess in some cases, uh, and you guys have touched on this before, it's not just the dining table, but sometimes the dining table comes with the dining chairs, and that kind of brings an added level of time and stress, too, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely. Yes. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> what about uh, the price? that you're able to locate these dining tables. Have you guys found that at least even, maybe even if you didn't necessarily purchase them on Marketplace, but if you just, you know, because you're always browsing through Marketplace and you may see a dining table pop up. Do you see those typically selling, uh, those that need refinishing at too high of a price?
5: I think they're less expensive. I see them for $20 all the time. Mm.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I would agree with that, especially compared each state and area you're in is different. Um, But here in Texas compared to right outside DC area, the prices are a lot lower here, Um, but also the space that they take up just is not worth it. In my opinion. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I agree here in Pennsylvania where I'm located, it seems like a lot of them are fairly cheap, if not free. So
2: yeah, my experience is the same on marketplace. I see a lot of them come up for, you know, twenty or fifty dollars or for free. And I think it I think it is the um the scale of the pieces is people don't have time to hold on to them to sell them at a higher cost. And really they just want someone to come and get it out of their way.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say that as well. I think you I think you've gotta be it just seems like some refinishers, not not always, but just tend to be drawn to certain style of furniture. And, uh, let's say if maybe you really enjoy doing buffets and buffets is a a fairly can be a big undertaking too, but I suppose it would be the same, just as you said, Katie, that you just love doing dining tables and chairs. And that may be your thing. You just have to figure out how to, how you can do it in such a way that you can make a profit off of it. It's worth your time. Um, what about the rewards? We talk about the challenges, and there's certainly some significant challenges he- hearing from all four of you, and I think they're valid concerns that folks need to think about as they're you know especially from a business standpoint. But the rewards, uh, do you see them <clears throat> having done these dining tables, do you feel like the rewards are any greater, or is it virtually the same as any other piece that you would refinish?
2: I do think it could be, it could be a profitable business for someone who has the capacity and is able to sort of streamline their setup to take on tables and chairs. Um, but again, it, de- it does depend on your interest in doing it because they are very taxing pieces.
1: I would say it's about the same. Um, just because at least for me, dressers just sell so quickly. Um, and I've the only type of table I've sold was coffee tables, and those just tend to sit longer. Um, I know there are a lot of people out there who want their dining table refinished. So there definitely is a market for it, but maybe more of like custom pieces for a client instead of storing it and buying it yourself. Um, unless, like um, Katie said, you need to have the space for it but maybe more client-based pieces if you're going to doing dining tables.
2: Yeah, there's not as many ways to to keep it interesting. It's hard to add embellishments. It's hard to use the the fun, funky colors um, that we get to do on the smaller pieces that aren't the focus of an entire room.
0: Yeah, and I, I should have probably clarified a little bit better even my question because when I when I think of rewards too, I mean obviously as a as a business owner, the biggest reward obviously is that you're gonna make a profit off of it and it's worth your time. But I was thinking too in terms of like, you know, when you work really hard on a piece and it just it feels good because you see the end result, it's so satisfying. And I guess I was thinking in terms of that as well. Like because dining tables are a challenge, because they are large and because they take a lot of work is the the reward sort of the pat on the back is that do you feel like that is a little greater than just a typical piece maybe that you undertake
5: i feel like it's less for me less rewarding because part of my joy if i don't make Mm -hmm. a lot of money on something is staging it and taking a pretty picture or doing a unique treatment to like a dresser and i feel like not every dining table, but a lot of dining tables are just work. Like you just have to strip it and restain it and paint it. And it's not as creative Mm -hmm. in the end result.
3: Yeah, I agree. I do think though, too, the small part is if you really sit back and think about it, because most of those tables are cheap or free, you know, at the end of the day, most of them probably go to the landfill. So it is kind of rewarding when you know you saved a certain piece from the landfill and then even if you keep it or you sell it to somebody, it kind of prevents you or the customer from buying a mass-produced piece of furniture.
1: Yeah, and I feel like the dining table is where family also gathers a lot. So I know for mine personally, every time we sit down to it, I just think that this is going to last us a long time and my kids will grow up eating at this table, so... That part of it is rewarding.
2: Yeah, those tabletops are, are definitely the place to bust out the big guns um, and make sure that you're using the really high-end sealers that you know can take the wear and tear and probably add a couple of more coats than than you normally would.
0: Yeah, and I, I just want to touch on that. I think uh, Katie brought this up at the beginning, but when you think of dining tables, you do realize that out of all the pieces of in the home, probably the dining table is going to get the most wear and tear probably than any other piece in your house. So uh, let's just touch on that briefly. Uh, You've talked already a little bit when you describe your pieces about the top coats, but do you typically, when you top coat a dining table, do you usually use more coats than you put on a regular uh, furniture piece?
5: I used four coats on mine because I was paranoid. <laughs> so I would say yes.
3: Yes, I used about four on mine, if I remember correctly.
1: Yeah, you definitely want to make sure that it's going to be a durable surface.
0: Yeah, and I, I can just imagine, especially for you guys, because uh, uh, except for Katie, having given yours away, that that most of you are probably like so proud of it and then you know, uh, either your own children or somebody else's kids like takes the fork and bangs on the table, and you're like, "Oh, please, no." <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be hard. <laughs> uh, yeah, My
3: son does that every single day. Yeah, but it's held up, so I cannot complain.
0: <laughs> yeah, so you're glad that you top coated it four times. <laughs>
3: oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah, well, oh, very good. Well, I think we had a great discussion today. I think there's opportunity, uh, I don't know, maybe we should have a huge brainstorming session on uh, dining tables, any creative ways and streamlining methods to make them really profitable because they are pieces of furniture and they are integral pieces of furniture in everybody's home, uh, but it's just that challenge that obviously you guys talked about with uh, the, the size of it, the amount of work that goes into it and whether you can really turn a profit that's worth all the time that you did put into it. So lots of discussion really to be had, a lot of brainstorming as well. But nonetheless, we had a great discussion today. We appreciate your insights. Uh, congratulations again to Christina, Sierra, and Sherry. And your pieces, I just again, especially knowing as well that that dining tables are not easy to do. You guys did a, a phenomenal job, not only with refinishing, but all three of you, your staging on those pieces was also just incredible And so we uh, appreciate that. I know it's inspiring many. And Katie, as always, we appreciate you coming back on the podcast and interviewing the winners, but also sharing your insights as well. So thanks so much, everyone, and have a great day.
2: Thanks, Lane. Thank you. Thank
1: you. Yes, thanks for having us. Mm
0: This week's refinishing tip comes from Amanda with Easy on the Eyes.
7: Hey y'all, this is Amanda with Easy On Eyes Custom Furniture in Brandon, Mississippi. Wanted to come on today and talk to y'all about the importance of priming when refinishing your furniture. Priming is vital for a a number of reasons. The main reasons that I always prime are one, stain blocking. If you start with a layer primer, You may still get a little bleed through with the yellowing or the tannin bleed through or whatnot, but usually you can knock it out in one to two coats and you'll be so glad that you just started with that. And another reason is increased paint adhesion, which is going to help with the longevity of your finish. When you're investing all this time and all this effort into refinishing your furniture, you just don't want to skip these important steps that are going to really help you get a quality finish. My go-to primer is Bullseye 123, made by Zinser. It's available in a variety of forms. It can be found at a number of retailers, so it's pretty easy to locate. There's some other great primer options out there, and some specialty paint lines even have primer options available now. So long story short, no matter what you've heard before, don't skip your primer. Bye, y'all.
0: Great reminder of the importance of priming, Amanda. question of the week what did you do before you began refinishing furniture will be answered by our friends Kayla with the Colibri Design and Ashley with our happy flipping life.
2: Hi I'm Kay with the Colibri Design. Before I began refinishing furniture I was a nail artist. Art has always been in my bones and when I was growing up I told myself that I didn't care what I did for a living. The only requirement was for me to be creative in whatever I do. Toward the end of the pandemic I decided to take a year off of work and do a little soul searching. After a few months though, I was craving for a new way to express my version of art. That's when I stumbled on furniture flipping and I haven't looked back since.
6: Hey everyone, Ashley Knox over here at our Happy Flippin' Life. Before I started refinishing furniture, I actually was a hairstylist. So now instead of transforming hair, I get to paint and transform furniture. I've always had a passion for creating and designing, and I am so happy I made this switch.
0: Thank you for sharing what your careers were before furniture, Kayla and Ashley. Our zebra staging contest with Jen and Amanda of the Ventured Sisters begins anew for July. All you have to do to enter is post your pieces with the hashtag zebra July. Jen and Amanda along with our three winners for June to be announced soon by the way will review the hashtag the first of August and choose three winners. The winners will be chosen based on the effectiveness of the staging and this covers the quality of the piece refinished, how the pieces are staged with a particular style of furniture presented and last but not least the quality of the photography. The three winners will receive a special framed award, zebra paintbrushes, and appear on our podcast to be interviewed by Jen and Amanda. Also, the three July winners will co-judge with Janet and Amanda for August staging contest. The Zebra Review category theme for July is nightstands. Our featured judge is Lauren Suicino with Portland Row Living. If you have refinished a nightstand or a pair of nightstands from January 1st through July 31st of 2023, simply use the hashtag ZebraNightStands. Lauren will pick her five favorites, then the remaining three judges, Katie with Salvage by K Scott, Katie with Katie and Company Home, and Jen with Perfectly Imperfect Furniture, will vote out of Lauren's selections to choose the three winners. This month's prize sponsors are Fusion Mineral Paint, D Lawless Hardware, Surf Prep Sanding, and Zebra Paintbrushes. Thanks for joining us. We are grateful for each of you. All links to artists will be in this week's show notes. We can't tell you how encouraged we are when we hear from you or when we read your reviews on one of the podcast directories. Speaking of podcast directory reviews, would you consider leaving one on your favorite directory if you haven't already? This helps tremendously in our ability to reach more people as well. It is a big boost to our ranking. As a thank you for leaving a review, we would like to send you a small gift. Simply screenshot your review and email it to me, Ball at enjoyzebra.com. Put podcast review in the subject heading and include your full name and mailing address. Okay, that's it for this show. Until next time, friends, happy painting.